Welcome to 17 Things You Need to Do Before College. I have a really full program for you tonight, and I'm so excited to give you information that's really going to have an impact. I know your time is valuable, and I want to make the most of it. I've asked you how your day is today, and I think this is a great question, like I said, for you to ask your kids, for, for kids to ask their parents. It's a quick, easy way to gauge how are you. Today, I'm going to be giving away three sets of my books, The Naked Roommate, Win or Learn, and The Naked Roommate for Parents Only. I've already picked these winners. I'm trying to see if, if some of you are here, but I'll see. Uh, I have to ship these in the United States. So if you are someone who wins and you're not in the US, I will get you a Amazon gift card so you can still buy the books or whatever you want. I'm really excited as well because this is the first year I'm launching a college success coaching program. And I'm gonna be giving one family access to this for a year. And the way this works is every week we get to check in, whether you're a student or a parent, it's going to be a lot of community. This is the first session. And what I do is I present what the topic's going to be, and then we actually talk through it. It's very conversational. And this is what the portal looks like. And then the next week on August 22nd, we're going to be talking about making friends, people, places, and patients. And then Note, August 14th, I'm going to be hosting Five Simple Rules for Parents. I might be doing that as part of the coaching program, or I might just do like a small session with people who are part of the program as kind of like an after party. But anyway, there's so much. And I'm so excited to be here with you because every year what happens is people go to college and things happen. And great things are going to happen. But there's a lot of unexpected things that will happen. And I want to make sure that when these things happen, you're going to be equipped to handle whatever's coming your way. So when you think about college, you get excited about what? When you think about college, you get nervous about what? I want to look in the chat and see what is it that you're excited about? What is it that you're nervous about? And I think this is really helpful, not just for me, but for any of you, because it's the coolest thing. Um, you're excited to take classes. I like the nervous part about handling the stress of being independent. Nervous about finding people that I click with. It's really hard. Nervous about the rigor of classes. Let's get some excited. Exciting about excited about meeting new people and becoming an adult person. Nervous about finding your people. Excited about the new experiences you'll have. Uh, moving. I don't know which if you're excited or nervous about that. Excited about learning. Excited about learning a new language, a new adventure for your kiddo. I'm excited for your kiddo and for you. Nervous about being lonely. Loneliness is a big thing, and I'm going to address all of these. And it's helpful to see where you're most nervous about so I can work a little harder tonight to make sure that you're going to be ready for this. I get excited about finding community, nervous about time management, huge, uh, excited about new environments, nervous about friends. A lot of you are worried about friends because a lot of you don't have friends right now. And it's hard to make friends because a lot of you have never had to make friends, or at least you haven't been to make friends like since you were a kid. Nervous about good grades, nervous about classes, nervous about everything. Oh, Cindy, I love that. Cindy, um, send me your, your information, okay? I will send you a book, right? You can put it in the chat. Or Andy, maybe you could reach out to Cindy because Cindy's nervous about everything. And I want to make sure that Cindy is equipped. I see some people are using the chat as well because we, we're very close to our capacity. So I'm monitoring the chat too. Uh, this is great. So um, excited about opportunities for a future career nervous about, let's see, nervous about time. Time's a big deal. Excited to learn new things, learning about yourself, 
nervous about making friends. So I hope you feel good. I hope it feels good for you to see like there's so many people who are nervous about making friends, which says, you know, people want the same things. Like they want to make friends. And the thing is, you don't just need to make friends. Like it's not like the first week and it's like, oh, you're done with friends. No, it's like you'll make friends. And let me just tell you, because a lot of you are really nervous about this. The way you make friends is you put yourself in places sharing experiences over time. Shared experiences over time equal friendship. And while you're working to build these relationships, you have to make sure you have things that you want to do that are going to make you feel balanced, have uh, emotional equilibrium. Nervous about social relationships, about being independent, managing your independence, excited about a new place. Oh, there's so many things. Thanks for thanks for sharing all of this. Uh, there's so there's there's so many things to be excited about, and there's so many things to be nervous about. I know some of you are international students. That's really like that's a big that's a big change. Some of you are so worried, and you're nervous about failure and if the debt is worth it, and if I can make it to my major. Excited to be by myself. Well, when it comes to failure, I want to give you a quick reframe. I know that people are like, there's no such thing as failure, but I just did a video the other day. And it's like, whenever you do something new, it's going to be uncomfortable. Whenever you do something new, it's going to be hard and you're not going to get it right. Like even me, like you see, I already like had a typo in one of my slides. Like how horrible is that? You probably already forgot about it. I didn't, but that's part of it. Every time I do things, it doesn't go exactly as planned. And you have to be kind to yourself and you have to give yourself permission to be imperfect and know that whatever it is your dream is, you're worthy, deserving, you can get there. And I want you to get there. And I'm excited for you to get there. You've been through a lot. You know, you were, you were, uh, I think most of you like freshmen, sophomores, that's when you had co, that's when you dealt with COVID. That's when you dealt with all of these new issues. And a lot of you haven't had as much practice when it comes to advocating for yourself and even dealing with change. I don't know if you've thought about this, but like the last time some of you dealt with big change, it was pretty traumatic because of all the changes that were happening. So just understanding change is, is difficult at times. It's going to be a challenge. And if you can be patient and give yourself permission to feel what you feel, you're going to get somewhere great. Now, some of you are not at your dream schools. I'm really curious by a show of hands, put all the hands down. If you're, if you're watching this in our room, by a show of hands, how many of you are not going to your dream school by a show of hands? You're not going to your dream school. So I'd like to see, we got a lot of hands going up. You're not going to your dream school. I'm not, but I'm exploring a school, but another school became your dream school. I love that. But there's, there's so many, the hands keep going up. A lot of you, you know, 50, 100 hands go up. Thank you. And the thing is, I want you to understand, if you are like, I'm miserable, I hate this place, it's never going to work, you're going to be miserable, you're going to hate this place, it's never going to work. But I can tell you, where you go is not the most important thing, it's what you do. And at your school, there are lots of people who are going to the school that you're going to because it wasn't their first choice, or it's a better financial fit, or there are lots of reasons. So you're going to be around a lot of people who are feeling a lot of the same things, but it's really important to go in there telling a story that you're going to have a great year. Like you're not, it's like some people are like, oh, I'm not going to let my parents win. Or it's like, listen, this is about you. And it's what you do when you're there. 
Now, Denise Pope runs this institute. Actually, used to go to, um, she used to run Challenge Success. And I had the chance to interview her. And I wanted to share just a little bit of this conversation with her just to reassure you wherever you go. So true or false, where you go to college is the number one determining factor when it comes to student success and satisfaction. Is that true or false? False, 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 false. False, false, false. So everybody watching this, I want this to, you to be crystal clear. Where you go to college is not the number one determining factor. Not where you go, it's what you do there. That, let's like, that I can shout from the rooftops, I can say unequivocally, you can make it as dramatic as you want. It's, 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 we have the data to back this. So it's really clear. It's what you do when you're there. And that's how you end up being at the best school. I saw someone was transferring. Um, I saw some people, oh, someone just posted you want to go to community college, but felt pressured to go to a university. Listen, Nat, if you're not digging this whole university thing, go to a community college because you can, you can in two years, you can go to community college. You can knock off so many of the prerequisites. You can transfer to an amazing school. I think it is the ultimate hack. You can work a job around people doing things that you find interesting. Like I am such a fan of community colleges. I'm such a fan of whatever path because the best college is what you make of it. And tonight I want to share with you a plan. Like how are you going to approach this so that you can really be comfortable with the change that's in front of you and be prepared to handle whatever comes your way? Because we know, and this is why I'm like, I feel so blessed and so grateful. I just want to tell you, like some of you have watched a lot of my videos and like, like that is who I am. Like when you, what you see, and this is who I am. I just want you to be successful. And I've been doing this for over 25 years. I know I look so young and, uh, but look, that's, that's part of the amount of time I've been doing this. And, and every year people have the same challenges. And I just want you to know when you're dealing with these challenges, like it's not unique to you because so many of you take it so personally. And, and you, the rejection, the adversity, you, you, you let it be about you. And I ask you to let this be about the first year of college. Let this be about being a teenager. Let this be about just life. Because when you go through something for the first time, you think it's you that's the problem. But no, 65% of students, this is according to CDC of, of, of female students, said that they were um, hopeless. And I've seen this number for male students be that high as well. And the reality is a lot of you are really struggling. And I know you struggle silently. You send me a lot of notes. I hear you and I am by your side, but you gotta be nice to yourself, please. And when you feel what you're feeling, please get help. One of the, one of the things that people don't do is get help. This is from Inside Higher Ed. 65% of students reported having fair or poor mental health. And then when you scroll down, you see only 15% only 15% engaged in college offered counseling in the past year. So you have all these students who are struggling and so many of them who aren't getting help. Schools are working as hard as they can. There's 24 seven virtual mental health resources at Indiana University, it's my alma mater. I eventually transferred, you'll hear my story in a little bit, but there's help available. So when you deal with whatever you're dealing with, and I don't wanna like, I want you to be excited and I'm excited for you, but if you get lonely and if things get difficult, Therapy. I'm a big fan. I have I have a therapist. I love my therapist. I waited way too long to get therapy, and uh, therapy is a part of just as a part of my life. I also journal. This is my journal, right? You can see it's 2023 part two. <laughs> That's my journal, 
And I also have this, this is my red notebook. This is where I write down all the things I need to do because I get really distracted and sometimes it's hard for me to focus. This is why I love having 17 things you need to do before college, because these 17 things are going to help you. These 17 things are, and there's actually more than 17, by the way, these 17 are going to are going to guide you and support you. Yay, are I'm excited about therapy. What's so cool about so many of the campuses you're going to is there's counseling, there's therapy that's part of tuition. If you've never gone before, it's just nice to emotionally vomit on somebody. You go, Bleh, and then you leave. It's great. It's so much fun. I love it. All right. 17 things you need to do before college. We got a lot to cover. We're going to cover it all. Don't worry. We're going to get through it. And I'm going to answer some of your questions as well. I'm going to answer a question just now, right before we get into our 17. I hope you're enjoying this so far. Someone just discovered me. I love your tips on making friends, which has been a struggle for my girl. Well, it's nice. But a lot of kids who, uh, but like a lot of kids, she struggles with depressions, mood. Can she make healthy friendships in spite of this? To me, if she can just find a couple friends, she'd be so, so much better off. She currently does not have a social group. Well, thank you for this question. And I love the question. And the answer is absolutely 100%. She can find friends and people don't recognize you only need like one or two people who you connect with. And I think it's really important while you're making friends to have a home base. And you'll see, I'm going to talk about places and, and part-time jobs. Like a part-time job is great for someone who doesn't have a social group. Being part of a, a an organization where you can take on a role as a committee member or be some sort of leader, doing something in an, like around academics if that's if that's a strong suit, volunteering. So when I talk about people, places, and patients tonight, it's really about how do you put yourself in a place where you can be around people who share similar interests, where the focus is what you're doing, not getting to know each other and making conversation. And along the way, I think it's important for your daughter to have someone she can talk to other than you. Like, you know, for me, it's like, I could talk to my wife about so many things, but like, she doesn't want to hear about it all. And when she talks to me, it's, uh, you know, it's like, it, it's not an objective observer. And I think that's the power of having those mentors and those people. Greek life, you know, you'd be surprised. Sororities, especially, and I, I've done so many events on so many campuses through Greek life, fraternity and sororities. And there are so many Greek organizations where it's not like, uh, it's not like you know people are getting wasted and doing dumb things. It's just like people from all different social circles finding connection and community. It's really a beautiful thing. So yes, she could find those friends, and she just has to be patient with herself. All right. Number one, want something. One of the challenges I see so many students struggle with is they don't want something. They wait for everyone to want them. And I want you to leave for college. And if you're a student in high school thinking about college, it's not about who wants you. It's about what do you want? Like, what do you really want? We live in a time where, where things are changing so quickly. You know, the jobs we could depend on are no longer dependable. What you want and surround yourself with people who are passionate about the things you do and learning from them is so important. You are worthy or deserving of anything you want and desire. There are going to be times, and do we have any first-generation students here? By a show of hands, if you're a first-gen student, um, give me a hand, um, and I can see those hands go up. First-gen meaning you're the first one in your family to go to college, and for first-gen parents, you're amazing. The sacrifices you made, all parents are amazing. First-gen parents don't give themselves enough credit. 
But a lot of first-gen students get to college and they struggle because they don't have anyone who's been in front of them. And I wanted to be, I want to be clear. You are worthy and deserving of whatever you want. And someone says, I don't know what I want. Great. So here's your, here's your job, Martina. Experience and experiment. Experience and experiment. That's it. Experience and experiment legally, right? Legal. Experience and experiment. Don't wait for the perfect job for the perfect major just experience it if it looks interesting and, and you think it's something you want to experiment with then do that there's no failing here and the earlier you do it the faster you do it the easier it's going to be for you to pick a major and you can change majors you can make you can think again adam grant's book think again i highly recommend it it's so good so it talks about how you can you can change you're allowed focus on what you want and think about why do you want to go? A lot of you have worked so hard to get to this school or you were fighting going to the school you're going to that you really haven't taken a breath and really thought, what do you want? This is about you. This is about you. Isn't that great? It's about you. Friends, where do you want to spend your time? What gives you joy? Finances, campus jobs. And I want you to adopt this mindset. Take on this mindset. Let me get my head out of the way. I never lose, I either win or I learn. I never lose, I either win or I learn. This is Nelson Mandela's quote, it's not mine. And when you take on this mindset, you could do no wrong. And that's really what this experience is. For so many of you, you've been living in a world of an extreme pressure because you, you couldn't make a mistake or you couldn't get into the school. But like once you're in, I know you might have to get a certain GPA to keep a scholarship or to get into a particular major, but there's room, there's room for you to struggle, to experience the unexpected. Expect the unexpected, number two. And it's a mindset, expect the unexpected. Someone just uh, asked a question. I'm a freshman from India going to Kansas University. I was only able to secure finance for the first two years, already got a campus job at $10 an hour, but denied a scholarship. What do I do? Well, that's certainly an unexpected. And when you are dealing with like big challenges like that, and this person's anonymous, and when you write in the question box, I'm not gonna share your name, but you find someone through the international community who has been there and done it. You find someone from India or from another country who's a senior or junior who figured out how to finance their education. You go to the multicultural center and you find an advisor. You look for not just students from India, but international students. And you go to the financial aid office and you could even work in the financial aid office. And you surround yourself with people who know because you might, you might get to be an RA, a resident assistant. I don't know if you're familiar with that job, but that job could be 10 to $15,000 a year in benefits because you get free room and board, you get food a lot of times. I don't know what it is at Kansas University, but these are the things that you're gonna deal with. And when you do, you have to remember, remember me, be like the, the guy with the ears, it's Harlan. Oh yeah, scary. But you find people in places who have been there and done it. When you experience the unexpected, it's best to speak, um, best to seek support at school or ask parents. Someone wants to know, I think it's really important for each student to have people on campus and off campus, to have people who have experienced the things that you're going through. 
whenever a parent reaches out to me and says, my student's struggling with a particular situation, I think, well, who are the students who have been there and done it, who understand the institution, their bureaucracy, the way to work through those particular channels so they can get help? And that's a great path to go. Parents can advise and point out places, but students who have been there and done it, I think it's really helpful, really helpful. Um, I'm going to get to more of these questions, uh, but I want to keep moving forward. There's so much, we've got so much good stuff to cover. I hope this is helpful. This is what I love to do. I've written a bunch of books. I've been mediocre my whole life. At least I thought I was. I know that's like a sad thing to say, but I really never thought I was good enough. Um, I'm good enough now. I know I am, but it took a lot of years for me to realize that I'm enough. And I worked really hard. I struggled. I barely, I got like a 960 on the SAT, something not terrific. I did really well on my ACT. Never thought I was good enough. Um, I wrote all these books just because I wanted to help people. And uh, The Naked Roommates, I'm author of all of these. The Naked Roommates has been on the New York Times bestseller list. And I didn't even get a 3.0 in high school. And I just want to really emphasize, like your grades are not a reflection of your value or self-worth. It's figuring out what you love to do. It wasn't until my junior year when I switched my major second semester and started to write. I didn't even write in high school. It's crazy how the world works. But when you take a step in the direction of things that you want and you surround yourself with people who can support you and help you, amazing things will happen. I spend a lot of time visiting schools, speaking. If any of you want to have me uh, as a guest, um, I'm always interested. I, I do work at high schools. I do work in colleges. I do work with businesses on risk-taking and rejection. Um, this event behind me scared me. It was huge. Uh, and I take risks and it scares me. Uh, social media has been very scary and exciting. What happened is COVID came and I was like, I have all this information. I really want to help. So I started to do these videos and I'm just like, I do. I feel so blessed and grateful that I could share all this information to help you. And the response has just been overwhelming. And um, I'm just excited to be in your corner because I know how hard it can be. Uh, I'm also a dad. I got these kids, uh, three of them and a dog. Uh, there's Eli and Asher and Harrison, and my wife in the front seat, and then there's my wife over there. Her name is Stephanie. She's a speech and language pathologist. And if you have any little ones, she has a she also does a lot on social and has some some kids books that um, that she's been putting out there. She's doing really wonderful work because uh, it's it's very hard to get quality care, and she's doing some really cool stuff too. So she helps them when they're born. I help them when they when they leave the nest. Uh, thanks for all the kind words about The Naked Roommate in the comments here. Um, my books are available on Amazon. Um, they're available everywhere. And Win or Learn, I'm, I'm really proud of Win or Learn. I, I think it's a cool book, but I don't want to talk about me anymore because um, it makes me uncomfortable and I want to focus on you. But I want you to understand the dynamics in my life. Eli is a senior this year, so I am living it. So here's what happened. When I went to college, nobody told me what to expect. I was a, I'm the youngest of three kids. And the way I picked a school is I want to go to a big school, want to be close to my high school girlfriend because it was a miracle that I had one. And I did not want to know people because I was sick of being around the same people. My roommate was supposed to be my friend. What I learned is roommates are not automatic friends. I'm going to get more into this in one of the tips. But when you require someone to be a friend, and I'll just give this a little air. Roommates, if you have a roommate, roommates are people you coexist with. Friendship's a bonus. And when you require someone to be a friend, they have to say and do certain things. And if someone has to say and do certain things, they're not going to say and do the right things most of the time. Then you're going to resent them and you're going to have a problem. But the problem is you came in with these expectations like my roommate has to be my friend. No, roommates are a bonus. I did it wrong. 
my roommate had to be my friend. He liked smoking pot. He loved smoking pot. And I remember one day he reached in his backpack, pulled out a joint. He's like, do you want some? I was like, no, thanks, man. I'm full. And he moved out the next week and that sucked. Then I tried to rush a fraternity because I thought that would be a good way to meet people. But I got rejected by all the fraternities I rushed. And uh, I was very lonely. It was very hard for me. I left high school on top of the world. Uh, this is my, um, <laughs> I was like, that's my girlfriend. No, this is my, this was my girlfriend in high school. This was Alexis. She was a senior in high school. I was a freshman in college. I loved her so much. I struggled. And the only thing I had going for me in college was my girlfriend. And uh, that was until she talked to her dad. Her dad compared our relationship to a dying puppy, urged her to shoot the puppy. And uh, she shot the puppy and said it was over. And I was devastated, just devastated because she was the only thing I had that gave me joy. I loved her so much. And here I was on this beautiful campus. This is what it looked like when I got dropped off. This is what it looks like in August. This is what it looks like the rest of the year. Is there anybody going to the University of Wisconsin in Madison? I don't know. This is what it looked like. This is what it was like most of the year. And there were these struggles, social, emotional, physical, financial, academic. And I was really depressed and anxious and I felt like a failure. I felt like a failure because I didn't know that college could be difficult. And I didn't know that it's normal to struggle. And I I come from privilege. I mean, I am a, a Caucasian male. My parents uh, have been so loving and supportive of me my whole life. And one of the, the things I felt such enormous shame because I felt like a total loser because how could I struggle when I have so much opportunity and I, and I had just enormous shame and I got really depressed and uh, a lot of students feel this for many different reasons. So I decided to leave and I decided to go to the university of, uh, actually I went back, I, I saw the comment, I got distracted. Someone said, your story is so relatable, so relatable. And it's like, you know, I, I don't think this, this is the, this is why I do this because I don't think people know that this is normal. And, and we always think it's us and I'm going to give you great strategies. So if this happens to you, it's not going to be like this. Right. And if it does happen to you, you'll be like, oh yeah, there's that thing, but I know how to get through it. I transferred to Indiana university because my friends went there. People knew me. My brothers had gone to IU. I'd visited, I was visiting there since I was 10. And uh, there was a fraternity that had to accept me. I was a legacy. So they had no choice. And this is what I learned when it comes to rejection. Wherever you go to school, make sure you have at least one place where you are automatically included simply because you exist, because you breathe. People welcome you. You are a place where you're not rejected. It took me a good year to get comfortable with the uncomfortable. I found my places, I found my people, and I was patient. I ended up joining that fraternity, which was fine. Uh, it gave me opportunities. I wasn't like too into it, but it gave me a place where I could start to establish myself. I joined the Indiana Daily Student. I wrote editorials, volunteered, and then I was part of a group called Full Frontal Comedy. Uh, it's an improv troupe that's still, still in existence at Indiana University. And what I learned is College and in life is about search, selection, and transition. And most of high school is spent on search and selection. We want to be the best so we can get into the best. And then we want to pick the best. It's exciting, but it really doesn't mean a lot because the most important part is transition. And if you look at life, life begins with transition and it ends with transition. And transition is the most important part of this experience. And so many of us struggle 
So many of us have a hard time. Hey, Lillian. Lillian's part of a comedy club. You started one in high school. I hope you're in one in college as well. So many great comments here. Someone said, I'm going to be coming to Chicago next month. Will it be as, 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 as worse weather-wise? I live in Chicago. September's beautiful. October's beautiful. November could even be beautiful. Then all you do is you, you get a good coat. You get great boots. You get a good mask. And it's okay. And you blink and it's over. You get through it. Winter is not so terrible. So there are five big transitions. There are five big transitions that you're going to go through when you go to college. And for those of you who are not college age, for the parents, grandparents, supporters, the academic just becomes professional. Let me tell you, social making friends, emotional, everything between our ears, the physical transition, where you're living, your health and wellness, the financial transition, huge. A lot of changes coming with the new FAFSA. It's very important that you understand these changes. If you have two kids who are going to college, it's going to change dramatically in terms of aid. The academic transition. The academic transition is where we spend so much of our time, but it's the social, emotional, physical, and financial that contributes so much to the academic. This acronym is SEPFA. I'm going to wet my lips. SEPFA, the world's worst acronym. But SEPFA is what you're going to go through. And when you go, especially if you're moving, some of you are commuting, some of you are still in high school, and I'm so glad if you're in high school and you're watching this, but if you're moving to a new place, new country, new school, all of these at once, all of these. So I'm curious, I'm going to ask a quick poll question. Of these transitions, which of these makes you the most uncomfortable? Social, emotional, physical, financial, or academic? While you're answering that, I want to answer a question. How should I deal with my dad not supporting me going to college that I'm going to? He doesn't want me to become the person I want to be within my future job. I feel hopeless. What should I do? Well, I am, first of all, so sorry that one of the people who's closest to you isn't supporting you. It's a really horrible feeling. And when I hear this, when I get a question like this, I think, why, why is your dad opposed to what you want to do? And, and I don't know your dad and how he communicates with you, but it's important because let's assume he does love you and cares about you, just understanding why, right? So you take that why and you give him permission to feel however he feels, and then you go to school and you find people doing the job you wanna do. And you meet people who have been doing that job and you talk to professors who have had that job and you talk to someone in the career center who's doing that job. Maybe you talk to an alumni who's doing that job. And you get like five people in your corner who are doing this job and you lean on those people and you ask them how to navigate these changes. And then as you progress, you can tell your dad, hey, what you said was really important to me. And I sought out some mentors and I've taken advantage of this opportunity. And I'm going to be doing this because what you said really matters. And I want to make sure that I can get where I want to go. And you share that. And you give them permission to not support you. You listen to them, but you find other people. It's your life. But, you know, your dad has fears. And his fears are probably based on his own life experiences because he might have tried something or he struggled with something and he doesn't want you to. So it's very, it's very hard when someone who is you know, so loving can be so difficult. But I think it's really important for you to at least hear what your dad has to say, but then to make sure 
you find your people and places. Let me see what everybody is here. I'm gonna end this poll and I'm gonna share the results with you all because I like sharing. So socially 39%, and that's kind of where we were before. And I gave you the chance to answer more than once, more than one of these, I didn't tell you that. Uh, emotional 19%, physical 4%. The physical, I always feel like that's like a big deal though. Um, the financials 21% and the academic is 17%. Financials really big. And I think it's really important for you to make sure you have a great relationship with your financial aid office. Have someone who you can turn to. There used to be a day where the financial aid counselor was like someone who was in your corner who you can talk to and they can advise you and guide you. And now it's a little less personal, but if you go to the financial aid office, if you talk to someone, if you go through your loans and talk about how much you're gonna have to pay when you graduate, if you talk about what opportunities there can be through departmental scholarships, if you build relationships or work in a financial aid office, then you know good things can happen. So uh, I hear you and I wanna help you. All right, you might be thinking, we're only on three. How long is this gonna be? It goes fast, all right? So much of what we talked about is uh, what we're going to be, um, so much of what we talked about is gonna help to fill in the things that you need to do. We've got some, and I've also got some like actionable, like easy items that are coming up as well. All right. Number three, get comfortable with the uncomfortable. I like to live about, I like to live life by the 90-10 rule. Life's 90% amazing, 10% difficult, or a bunch of BS. The problem is if you allow the 10% to take up all your time, it's all consuming. So the secret is you never let the 10% take up more than 10% of your time, right? Because otherwise it becomes overpowering. Life is uncomfortable. It's going to be difficult pulled this article because I thought it was so interesting. To help new students adapt, some colleges are eliminating grades. Grades are part of that 10%. Now, there are some of you who have gone to schools where you haven't learned certain things that the person sitting to your left and right have learned. So when you're in a class, the reason some people do better than you isn't because they've got better brains or they know how to do the work better. It's because it's review, right? It's review. So please do not beat yourself up. If you get a grade that's not as good as a person next to you, then just talk to the people who could help you. The reason they're thinking of eliminating grades is because so so much of, of those first year grades have very little to do with what's happening in the classroom and more to do with what happened in other classrooms. There's lots of uncomfortable things that will pop up. So again, and I like to slow down my talking, rename the first year, the getting comfortable year, shift your expectations and allow things to unfold. The greatest challenge that I see students face is the universal rejection truth, is rejection. There's a law of nature called the universal rejection truth. And in my book, Win or Learn, I talk all about rejection. This is a very, some schools will use this book because it helps to growth mindset. The universal rejection truth says that not everyone and everything will always respond to you the way you want. Like gravity, there's no escaping this irrefutable law of nature. Like the winter in Chicago, fighting it will leave you cold and miserable. So many of you do not like rejection because rejection causes physical pain. It hurts our brain, truly. Our brains process rejection the same way it processes physical pain. But rejection is part of life. For parents and families, oh, someone was so sad because they're going to be empty nesters. 
the universal rejection truth of being a parent is that your kids aren't always going to live with you. And for some of you, you're like, yes, that's not rejection. The universal rejection truth of dating and relationships, not all relationships last forever. Not everyone responds the way I want. I'm married. That's not the end of rejection, getting married. That's just a lot, a lot more rejection. I laugh. My wife's very good at rejecting me. I reject her, but we're, my kids reject me. The universal rejection truth of life inside the classroom. Not everybody's going to get an A. These are some tweets. Or these are there X's. I don't know what you call them anymore. But I like this because this is when the Mars rover landed. And you have all these smarty pants talking about how they struggled. Four years ago, I got a zero on a quantum physics exam. I met with a professor fearing I need to change my major and quit physics. Today, I'm a top tier astro astro. Top, I'm in a top tier astrophysics PhD program and published two papers. I'm laughing because I can't even read the word because people are so smart, but it's part of it. And you're going to hear about mindset and growth mindsets. This is a very popular book and a lot of schools use growth mindset as a way of helping students to deal with all the depression, anxiety, and hopelessness. So if you think of a lot of reasons why people are hopeless is because they took a risk and didn't go as planned or people tell them their dreams aren't good. You know, you who, who has a, a dad who's rejecting you and your dreams, that's really hard. It's really hard. A growth mindset says that you haven't gotten what you want yet. You haven't gotten the results you want yet. And, and the thing is, if you embrace the universal rejection truth, you can't have a fixed mindset because a fixed mindset means if something doesn't go as planned, either someone is the problem or I'm the problem, right? Like if you don't get the answer right, it's either I'm the problem or the teacher's a problem. But it could be the universal rejection truth. It could be lots of other reasons. So I really hope you'll embrace the universal rejection truth and play around with it. Rejection denial is a deep and dangerous place where you think everyone should always want you. And when someone doesn't respond the way you want, you tend to hate, hide, and attack. The opposite is to face the truth, to look inward, to look outward, to move forward with confidence and clarity. It's a beautiful thing. Like surrender to this truth. The reason that I the reason that I did better in college my second year, my second semester. So when I was at UW Madison before I transferred, I stayed the whole year, right? So I was there first semester, second semester. Second semester was great. I actually almost stayed at UW Madison because when I was transferring, nobody needed to like me, right? See when I when I got there, Everyone needed to like me. You know, you need to like me. You need to like me. You need to like me. And when I decided to leave, there was no longer this requirement. People could like me or not. I didn't care. I was leaving. And that was the universal rejection truth. And there's this crazy thing that happens. When you embrace the truth, when you embrace rejection, you are much better equipped to talk to people. If you're shy, give people permission to think you're shy, to think you're not shy doesn't matter. The universal rejection truth is so unbelievably freeing. And for you parents who are dealing with this, this part of your life, it's hard. It's part of it. You've done an amazing job. Congratulations. And for you students, this is amazing. You got so much going on. I'm so happy for you. All right. Rule number five, find your three places. Talk about places all the time. Places are where you can Sweat, play, pray, live, learn, lead, love, work. Sweat, play, pray, live, learn, lead, love, work. And I want you to know, all the pictures you're seeing tonight, I took every single one of them. 
I went to I went to these schools over the past, I don't know how many years I've been to 400, 500 college campuses. And I took pictures behind my ear. That's yoga at San Diego, University of San Diego. Over there, that's UW-Madison. Over there, where is that? This is, um, this is um, where was this? I can't remember. Who cares? Doesn't matter. But places where you sweat, play, pray, live, learn, lead, love, and work. Make sure one of those places is a place where you are going to be welcome and included simply because you exist. You can audition, try out for other things, but you need to be very careful. A lot of you attending highly selective schools, sometimes you have to apply. You have to apply for positions. It can be very competitive. Villanova is a school I used to visit a lot. And those students would struggle because so many student leaders wouldn't have leadership opportunities. They would fill up, but there's always something you can do. You can create your own clubs and activities. You can work in certain places. You can get to know the staff. You could be an assistant. If you don't get in, just ask if you could do something. You can volunteer. Places, counseling service, student orgs, intramurals, work-study jobs, Greek life, performing arts, campus media, multicultural centers. Lots of questions come. Well, we had a lot of questions that are um, that are coming in, and I will answer these. I'll, I'll go through these at the end, and um, I'll stay as long as you have questions. But places, make sure you identify your places before you go to campus. And if you're a high school student, identify your places before you even apply for a school. Don't apply to a school unless you identify a place that you want to put yourself. You go to the campus website. You look at the social media. There's going to be a um, there's going to be a um, activity fair. Go to the activity fair. Before you go to the activity fair, look and see what last year's activity fair was like. Go in with at least two or three places where you want to meet people. If you're an athlete and you have one place, make sure you have at least two or three because you want to make sure you have balance. You want to make sure there's somewhere else for you to go. This is Denison. Denison's another school, small liberal arts school. There's so many activities and organizations. Why do you need three places? Because you always have somewhere to go, you always have something to do, and you always have options. Yeah, Penn State. I like Penn State. Places are so important, and so many students end up in their rooms, and they struggle, where they don't find their places, and they end up leaving because they're uncomfortable. Find your five people. People who are on campus, people who are off campus, but ideally it's your people. For families who are dropping kids off, or if you're commuting, who are those people who are on campus who you can turn to? Who are the people who are going to be in your corner? Don't you love these engineers at, at the University of Illinois Chicago? Those guys are great. When I talk about people, how do you find your people? Some of you are like, I don't know any people. I don't have any people. Well, here's the beauty. Above me, these are all people from the University of Connecticut. These are students, and they are in your corner. These students want to help. I'm visiting a bunch of schools this fall, and I'm talking to the peer leaders. There's all these orientation leaders. These people want to help you. You've got your RAs. There's people who volunteer, people you enlist, people who are paid. You could see a list of all these people. And I'm going to give you a list of all these slides. You're going to get all of these. I'm going to put my website in here again. Everything I'm talking about, you, you can get access to all this information. All the um, sources, I include the websites, the articles as well. Patience is the ability to tolerate discomfort while finding your people in places. Do you got that? Patience is the ability to tolerate discomfort while finding your people in places. Patience is so big, so important. Oh, this is actually uh, Villanova. I'm pretty sure this was Villanova. Uh, and 
a lot of students got impatient because what happens is if you're a high achieving student and you're used to success and you go to a place where you know you're surrounded by all these people who have also been successful you could start to doubt yourself but don't the cream always rises to the top you will be okay spiritual groups are great you get free food they're nice people you don't even have to be into god just be into free food how long will it take to get what you want give it a couple semesters or quarters get through the winter you can get there you will get there this is the university of michigan i actually took this picture and i asked this student she was just like chilling and i said hey can i take a picture of the campus i, I know you're in it but i explained what i do so it didn't seem too weird and she was really kind but every time i see that picture i light up when you're dealing with uncomfortable issues or when something goes wrong follow the 24-hour rule what's going to happen over 24 hours 24 hours is beautiful such a natural natural span of time nothing the problem still might be there or there'll be a solution because you solve the problem if you're a parent your kid will solve it or there'll be a new problem because the old problem will no longer be a problem and something exciting will happen but wait 24 hours just breathe and give it time practice asking for help someone wants to know if i can come to university of kansas this fall yeah that'd be great the way it works is the schools usually invite me or it's student organizations that will invite me and then um we do really they're really fun events number eight talk to your parents parents talk to your kids okay you got to talk to each other and when you talk talk about expectations if it's possible go on a long drive do something together where you're trapped in the same space talk about communicating and for for students I'm, I'm kind of curious in the chat if you could let me know like how many times a week do you plan on communicating with your family you know and do you plan on texting do you plan on uh calling i'm curious because the conversation that i encourage students to have every day i love it every day i think a lot of people communicate frequently some people haven't even considered it i know but for a parent or for a grandparent aunt uncle whoever whoever you are asking the student, you know, how frequently do you want to communicate? And I think it's important that they start because if they're FaceTiming you every day or texting you every day, then that's going to be different than what they expected. And I think for you, it's, it's helpful. Um, have ways to communicate, understand how you're going to communicate. It's really important. Uh, Snapchat, some people like Snap. Uh, this one parent told me kid never responded to text, so Snap was a way to do it. Uh, I think it's really important to make sure you talk about expectations academic expectations i think again it's it's the student leading this conversation you know, what do you hope to do in the classroom what do you what do you hope your grades are going to be uh, talk about getting help talk about hipaa and ferpa i'm going to mention that again but parents if you have an 18 year old you no longer have automatic access to their medical records or any of their personal records just so you know that so they're going to have to sign a waiver and you're going to have to make sure that you address that number nine Make a checklist of deadlines, a checklist of deadlines. Transcript sent, confirm that you're attending, tuition, housing, financial aid received. Sometimes that financial aid could be sitting there and that could be a huge headache and you don't know about it till like a weekend. You have to check your campus email. And like I said, for parents, a lot of you, you don't have access to this information unless your kid gives you access to this information. Mm -hmm. Medical records, orientation events, make sure you've signed up for orientation events, go to all orientation events. I know we've got some commuter students, lots of commuter students. 
the number one thing you need to do is be on campus. Be on campus. Get to know the leaders. They want you to be involved. There's so many amazing opportunities if you just put yourself on campus. Make sure your AP credits have transferred as well. Make sure you understand what meal plans and then FERPA and HIPAA waivers. Make sure that you know uh, what your rights are and to make sure that you have uh, talked about this because if there is you know, hospitalization or some type of emergency, parents don't get notified right away. And uh, this is another issue. And if you wanna pay the bill, well, then you wanna uh, get access. Campus email, make sure you check that email. Also, I would start looking at, I'm sure you've already done this, but um, follow some of the different offices on campus. Follow the campus president, follow some of the leadership, follow the campus newspaper. Uh, for students, look and see who's posting messages. Uh, you could you could you know send these people DMs. Someone's know what HIPAA is. It's a Health Privacy Act, and uh, when you're 18, uh, parents no longer have access to medical records unless a student uh, signs off. Someone wants to know: do, you, do I have to pay to send over AP credits to my college? Um, you know, I'm not familiar with all the details, but I'd reach out to College Board. I'd also reach out to your school to make sure and see have they sent over those AP credits so that you can receive that? Because uh, I'm not entirely sure when the deadline was. I can check, but um, if you check before me, let me know. So follow like the campus newspaper is such a great resource. I really encourage you to go to the campus resource, uh, to go to the campus newspaper and look at last year's issues from August and September, because you get to read about safety. You get to read about the politics. You get to see the advertisers. You get to see just the, the vibe on campus. Usually traditions repeat, so you can start to identify what are some things you want to do. I love the campus newspaper, and um, what's really cool is campus newspapers break news. At Stanford, it was a campus newspaper that broke the news that the um, the other uh, the president had to resign. And at Northwestern, there was a huge hazing situation with athletics. Read the campus newspaper. Number 12, know the roommate rules. I've mentioned this before. Roommates who want to get along will find a way to get along. Roommate num rule number two. Roommates aren't required to be friends. And rule number three, and I'm going to get myself out of the way, is you agree, you agree to the uncomfortable rule. The uncomfortable rule says you and your roommate agree that you'll share what makes you uncomfortable within 24 to 48 hours. You do it face-to-face, -face, no text, no Instagram, no Snap. You just want to set the rules because one of the, one of the problems is a lot of times you're like, I need my roommate to be my friend. And friends can't share difficult things. Because, you know, friends need to be friends and people end up keeping secrets. So for suite mates, it's the same thing. Uh, I have a roommate contract. I have a roommate agreement. I'm going to put it here. Um, I uploaded that just before I started the program and it's free for you. Totally can access that. And it goes through those rules. So check out those resources. If it's a suite mate, if it's, you know, a quad, it's really just about coexisting and having a baseline for what's normal and then making sure just having a baseline that you'll just respect each other and your stuff and then finding other places where you can find friends and connection. That's the key. Mattress toppers, 12.1. I had to kind of fudge because mattress toppers are so important. Make sure you know the size. You can get a foam mattress topper, cut it down to size. I put together a list of items for college. You can scan this QR code and you can access my list. It's also available on the site that I keep giving you, but get a mattress topper. When it comes to relationships, I've been doing a lot of videos about this. Hopefully you've enjoyed them. Uh, it's really important to make sure you have a life independent of your significant other. 
it's very scary to go to college. It's scary to be away from people who you love, who love you. But if you are constantly spending time with this person, you're missing out. You really are missing out. So a couple date nights, make sure you have balance. Read the book, The Five Love Languages. Don't stay, um, don't, don't stay uh, at home. Stay on campus and figure out how you can be happy. The happier you are apart, the better your chances are of staying together. It's true. 14, ask budget work. And I want to mention again, these slides are available. There's a lot of info here. It's hard to retain it all today. But when it comes to money, see if you can get more money. I posted a video on my social and someone appealed their financial aid. They had a review. This was at the University of Wisconsin. And that person qualified for a like a state, a state scholarship program and free free ride just because they had someone check. Put together a budget. I think it's really important for you to see what you're spending. You'll be surprised. Investigate jobs with tuition reimbursement. Behind me is Chipotle. There are other jobs, and I've had videos about this. You earn your, your regular wage, plus you can get up to sometimes $5,250 towards tuition, tuition reimbursement. Chipotle, UPS, there's, a, there's, there's other places that do this. Plan for hidden costs. Work in food services if you need to. Talk to juniors and seniors who have found the money. That's key. Know how much your loans will really cost. I think it's so important for students. Can't emphasize this enough. Know what you're going to pay when you graduate. If you're taking out $20,000 of loans this year, that's going to be $80,000 by the time you graduate. And if it's unsubsidized, which you can think of as unfortunate because they're accruing interest from the moment it hits your account, it's going to be even higher. One of the things you should do with those unsubsidized loans, if possible, pay the interest. Just pay the interest so the interest doesn't then capitalize, meaning you don't pay interest on the interest as you progress through college. Make sure you stay on track when it comes to graduating. One of the most expensive things is having to stay in college. And go to meetings with free food. That's the best. And stay till the end. Stay till the end because if you go to the end, a lot of times you could bring home like boxes of cookies and pizzas and things like that. There's a loan calculator that you can access. I've done some work with college ad student loans, just disclosure. Um, I have a paid partnership with them, but their tools are really helpful and um, they've just been really good. And they sponsor a lot of the things I do. Make sure you check out your loans. You can use any calculator. I have um, also blogs that I've been writing and I have links to some of these blogs on that uh, page as well. I also have a YouTube channel. I have a video about appealing financial aid, appealing your financial aid. And you can check that out. And I really encourage you to look at those videos. I also have a lot of podcasts. I'm doing a lot. I'm interviewing so many experts. I got an expert on fentanyl who I'm talking to in, um, next week. I'm so excited. And uh, uh, there's just so many. We got so many good stuff. Lisa Demore, I'll show you that in a sec. Uh, we had a great conversation. Parker Dewey is another company I really enjoy. Um, you can do micro internships. It's a great way to get money. You can be an international student. Great way to get money. Uh, you do these small projects where they pay you like a few hundred dollars for X amount of work. We just we just did one for our video project. Also, um, um, what else was there here? Uh, making sure you have that relationship with the financial aid office. Speaking of being safe and fentanyl, this is so important too. When it comes to going out, I want you to know you don't have to party. Most students don't get like absolutely trashed. There's so many non-alcoholic sober ways to have a great time. You need to have rules for going out. 
everyone who goes together, comes back together, talk to juniors, talk to seniors, talk to sophomores who are kind people who want to help you, who want to support you, ask them what's safe, what's not, ask them about ride shares, ask them just about the specifics. Like you need to know like the down and dirty of what happens on that campus. When it comes to hooking up, like sober, sober is the safest way. Sober is the safest way. When it comes to staying safe, uh, I'm a big fan of like self-defense classes. Also, not walking alone at night, not walking alone, making sure I'm not, I'm, I don't have a problem with tracking software as well, um, tracking apps. I think it's really important. Look at the campus newspaper, look and see the police reports. If you're a student who's like, nothing ever happens to me, just look, all right? Because like, like shit happens, like stuff, I see it all the time. And I have students who talk to me and when something happens, know that you have help, but it happens, it happens. And you don't have to do certain anything. I'm petrified when it comes to drugs and alcohol right now. Um, I'm talking to Dr. Scott Hadland on my podcast and we're gonna talk about fentanyl. And so if you have questions about fentanyl, if you're a parent, student, fentanyl could be, you know, fentanyl is so dangerous. Uh, it's in, it could be marijuana, it could be in pills, it could be in vapes, Narcan. Narcan is a spray. It can be, it's going to be over the counter soon. Uh, there's also prescription. And I would send my kid, I'm going to send my kid to college with Narcan. Because if someone has an opioid addiction or sorry, if someone has an opioid overdose or accidental overdose, you spray this. It's covered by insurance in California. Thank you, Betsy. You got some Narcan over the counter. Um, naloxone. I, I I think I said it right, but that's what that's what Narcan is, and uh, it saves lives. So this isn't even about your kid. This is like saving a friend's life. So it's really important. I would put that in every first aid kit. Identify academic resources. I encourage students to study in the tutoring center to study where you can get help, study in a place where it's available to you, where you just can raise your hand and someone's gonna be there for you. So many students are so afraid to get help, but the thing is you get help before you need it. Like you plan on getting help now before you even have a grade, just plan on getting help. It's a great way to meet people, great way to know your professors. And if you struggle talking to your professors as part of my coaching program, I'm gonna give you tips. I'll give you a script, I'll help you. Because I know a lot of you struggle with this. 16.1, I fudged a little bit. Have a mental health transition plan. A mental health transition plan, you go through the changes and challenges you're facing. You identify people on campus and off campus who could be in your corner. You identify specific places where you can find support and you reach out to people in the places who can help you before you get there. You recognize that college is like, you know, there's like a good three weeks, three months, of time where you just need to make sure you're gonna be okay, where you can't depend on other people to be the thing that makes you happy. And you find those people, you find those places, you decide I'm gonna to go to the gym, I'm gonna exercise, I'm gonna to go to this service organization, I'm a volunteer at a pet shelter, I'm going to go to counseling, I'm going to be part of a spiritual group. I've named all things where you are welcome and included simply because you exist. This is Lisa Demore, and if you're not familiar with her, she's unbelievable. She's got such wisdom. I got to visit with her for over an hour. We talked about college, we talked about lots of different things that are related to what we're talking about today. And as part of my mental health transition plan, 
I asked her some questions. I said, is this a good plan? And she said, I would add that students need to just find a place where they could have emotional equilibrium, um, where they can find a sense of peace and calm knowing that they can go there and they could have that place no matter what. So what is it that calms you? Think about that. And that's going to help you. Someone said they're, they're very worried about homesickness. It was a question that came in. And when you're worried about homesickness, first give yourself permission to feel it and then start to imagine, what am I going to do on this day? Where am I going to walk? What activities am I going to participate in? Go to the website. Start listing the places. You can use some of the resources I've given you and then put together a plan. What's that day going to look like that's a little lonely and dark? For those of you who are dealing with any types of learning differences, student disability services, you know, this, these are the names that they go by. And I think you're powerful, you're empowered, and this is just a learning difference, but make sure you get your accommodations. Really. Some people are like, I'm going to start fresh. And I'm like, why? You know how you learn. It's not something that's a negative thing. It's just a thing. So make sure you don't put yourself under additional stress or duress and get help. Get your accommodations, figure out what you need so you can get that time, so you can get that support, so that the teachers know and that you are empowered. Number 17, tell your story as if it's already happened. All of this, all of this, it's telling your story as if it's happened. It's May 2024. Here's what happened my first year in college. Here's the story. You could fill it in. It's May 1st. I had the most incredible year. I reached my goal and accomplished fill in the blank. The most challenging part was fill in the blank. I got through it by leaning on these people. And I found people to help me in these places. And it took me this amount of time to get where I want to go. I'm so grateful and proud of myself and my accomplishments. Tell the story of your day. Tell the story of the week. Tell the story of your month. I'm going to help you to do this throughout the year to remind you. Stick around. We're almost done. I'm going to answer questions, but I also want to make sure that I share with you the winners because we got some winners here. Any advice for students nervous but want to connect with their professors? Um, yeah, I've got a lot of advice for that. Um, there's so much to share with you. For professors, it's really looking about getting to know them, learning about them. And a lot of students are intimidated by professors. But professors are there because they want to help. And if you have a professor that doesn't want to help, then they're just a grumpy, miserable human being. And you don't need to worry about that. You just need to get the information you need. The mission here is to relax. Have fun. Enjoy every minute. Your job is simple. Be your personal best. Meet lots of people. Make new friends. Make smart decisions. Possibly find a career. Possibly find love. Take risk after risk so you know what you like and don't like. Expect that not all the risks are going to go as planned. Some of them are going to turn out to be pretty uncomfortable. When that happens, look inward, look outward, move forward, find your people, find your places. Do this and you'll leave college with more than a degree. You'll, you'll learn what it, makes to, what it takes to make you happy. And what more could you possibly want? These 17 things are a framework to help you, to guide you, to support you along the way. There's more that you're going to encounter and you need, you're going to need to do a deeper dive. And I'm going to be in your corner to help you to do that. But I've got some books that I recommend, Mindset, Grown and Flown. I'm a huge fan of Grown and Flown. For those of you who think of changing schools or are in high school, where you go is not who you'll be. It's an amazing book by Frank Bruni because truly you have so many paths. There's so many schools you can go to. I'm a fan of affordability and experiences. And there are so many ways for you to get where you want to go. Go to grad school. Just please 
be responsible and know that you're amazing. Okay. Responsible in terms of, of how you finance your education. I got some freebies. I got some free stuff. There's three people who won three books. Let's see who won the books. Drum roll. The winners, Martina M. I've seen you here. Jennifer Y. And if there's a couple Jennifer Ys, you'll get an email. And Doreen D. Doreen D. You've all won books. We'll send you a copy of each of these. And if you're international, we'll send you a gift card. All right. So you can get The Naked Roommate, Win or Learn, and The Naked Roommate for Parents Only. I'm now going to give away a coaching program. The coaching program, like I said, we meet every week. Carrie L., you get one year access for you and your family. When you sign up for the coaching program, and I'm going to move my head, you can scan this. Uh, I mentioned it before. We're going to have weekly sessions where we do a deeper dive. Um, I think a lot of this is going to be community, you having community with each other. I think that's going to be really wonderful. And uh, I have a price that I just posted. Um, it's a limited price. It's $39.97 a month. And we meet every week through December. So if you scan this, you can start now. Um, I don't want to like start now. Um, I'll do a private session after that, um, after the um, five simple rules for parents. But this is for students. It's for families. And I hope you'll sign up. I really, I, I would love to be able to uh, grow with you and to support you and be in your corner. Here's my resources, my social media. So please know that I'm here with you on social media. Here's a link to everything I've mentioned. You can check out the books. You can check out the slides. You can check out the coaching program. There's a lot here. And I want you to know that it's not all going to happen at once. And uh, you are supported. I got a lot of people here who have asked a lot of questions. I went a little bit longer and I'm so sorry. There's gonna be a recording of this. So you'll have the recording. I wanna answer some of these questions. Um, and if anybody has questions about the coaching, college coaching and success program, let me know about that as well. I'd love it. Um, thanks for being here, everybody. Let me answer a couple more of these questions. Um, how to connect with people on LinkedIn. LinkedIn's a wonderful way to connect. And if you identify yourself as a student, it really helps people to know you're not looking for anything. Uh, thanks, David. I really appreciate the note about the coaching program. I'm really excited about that. Um, Anyway, um, I get distracted. Uh, so um, LinkedIn, yes. So reach out to people and just ask them if you can schedule a call or a Zoom call. You can also visit your career center, find alumni, but just start to meet people and ask them some questions about what they do and how they got there. Thanks, everybody. All these kind words are like overwhelmingly wonderful. So thank you so much. Um, how to not get embarrassed about working student jobs, Starbucks at the end of high school. I, I, I think for me, the knee-jerk reaction is like, why would you be embarrassed? You're making money. You're working at a place where you're learning about what it means to be in one of the leading businesses in the world. Like, I think it would be so cool to work at Starbucks. You work at Starbucks, you get trained. The training is amazing. Thanks everybody for all these kind words. I don't know if you understand with Starbucks, like their whole training system changes lives. You get to make money. You get to be around people who are interesting. You get to change lives. You're amazing. If someone's embarrassed, like if someone makes fun of you or gives you a hard time, it's because they're not enough. Like it's like anyone who makes fun of you, 
doesn't feel very good about themselves. So I would shift this around. You're a hero, you're working and you're doing something incredible. So please uh, don't think one second about being embarrassed. Off topic, I love how inviting and welcoming you are. It really makes college feel more exciting rather than a daunting list of expectations. Good, I'm happy. How to deal with the guilt of choosing a more expensive school. I don't know why you feel guilty. Um, go for a year. If you're like, this place sucks, this isn't worth it, transfer. You don't have to stay. Like you don't have to stay. People don't get that. If it's too expensive and you're gonna be paying an exorbitant amount of money when you graduate from college, transfer, all right? Transfer, just, it's not a big deal. People get like all caught up in this. They just don't, it's not a big deal, all right? And if you get value out of it, then that's okay, right? So please don't feel guilt, focus on other things. You got it, okay? Um, best anti-procrastination tips, I would definitely talk to someone. I took an ADHD, of, I, I got evaluated for ADHD the other day because sometimes it's hard for me. Thanks, thanks for all the kind words. Sometimes it's hard for me to get things done. So I would talk to a specialist. It's like, if you can't get things done, I would do that. When it comes to time management, I'd make sure you have a planner, make sure you have a block system. Students have been telling me how great it is. You plan your time in blocks. I would study for a certain amount of time, then I would take breaks. I would go to the dean's office or whoever handles academic success. I'd ask them, do you have a time management program? Is there, is there someone who could be in my corner? Is there a coach? Is there accountability? The block system, I have a video from some students at Stanford, Zoe, the block system says that um, you, you just plan out certain times of the day and during the week and you use your planner and you, you started on a Sunday and you plan everything out in certain blocks. And then once you plan that out, then you can shift things around. It's a wonderful book by Cal Newport. Cal Newport's done like awesome work. He's got a, a, a book, one of his first books is, is like how to be a straight A student. And he also talks about blocking. So it's a great book I highly recommend. How do you deal with sleep in class? Um, if you're a teacher, <laughs> um, then um, you could have people fill out, you know, like spontaneous answers. Um, if you're the student, you got you got to figure out a way to sleep. Sleep's so important. Uh, plan your sleep, protect your sleep, have a very clear idea of, of how you're going to to sleep. And Zoe, check out a link that I have. Um, check out one of my videos um, about block uh, blocking your your schedule. Um, after application sent, should you reach out to admissions? I mean, I don't think there's a reason to reach out to admissions. Um, you, do, you can confirm that they received it, but beyond that, I, I wouldn't spend a lot of time. How many hours of sleep should you be getting in college? Well, you know, it varies from student to student. I'm gonna do a whole podcast on that, but usually eight, eight hours, nine hours of sleep. I know most students don't get that, but it's it's really important. Sleep is 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 oxygen, sleep is is energy, sleep is fuel. Incoming freshman, my good friend recently went through a pretty tough breakup. They couldn't decide, they decided they wouldn't do long distance. She's really upset, rightfully so. I want to help her, but I'm not quite sure how to. Have any tips? Um, thanks for the question. Just being with her, letting her cry, letting her feel what she needs to feel, and just reminding her that, you know, it's uncomfortable, it's painful, it's hard. And these experiences that she's had, um, they're gonna help her. And maybe she'll get back together, maybe she won't. But you know what? She's got friends and wonderful things in her life. Uh, but it takes time to grieve the loss. It's super painful. Um, are there HIPAA FERPA forms online? Check with your school because they may have some free resources. Uh, 
I know that Mama Bear Docs uh, has documents, and uh, you can you can get access to those. I'm I'm not an affiliate right now, but I know that they have some. There's some paid services. Um, would you recommend finding signing FERPA waivers? I'm currently deciding if I want to allow my parents to hear my student related confidential details from my dean, or if I should be more independent, leave more space. You know, it all depends on the type of parent you have. You know, if you've got a gotcha parent who's always all over you, then, you know, you can have that conversation uh, about about that. Um, you know, typically, I, I don't really think it's that big of a deal. Um, if they if they are interested and overly interested, that's a bigger issue of why and how can you work through that. Uh, let's see. Most things, my anxiety for my daughter is for her to feel lonely, even when she's surrounded by many people because she has to face 360 degree change in everything when leaving Malaysia, leaving her friends. Advice, I think it's, um, advice for your daughter leaving Malaysia. I visited a school, um, I think it was, it was uh, Western Michigan University and I sat with international students and it was an awesome visit. I had, I was like, I couldn't believe how these students found friends. And they said it was hard, it took time, but they, but they were able to work through it. And what they learned was so powerful and so amazing. And your daughter, she's going to be okay. Your daughter is going to be okay. Your daughter loves you. She knows that you're in her corner. She's going to support. She's going to feel supported. She should just have a plan to connect with the international resources because those international resources are going to be invaluable when it comes to helping her, like the international communities and a living and learning center for international students, seeing if there's a Malaysian student organization. Uh, there are so many resources and students Schools want international students and they work very hard to support international students. Uh, I think I'll answer just a couple more questions and then we'll wrap just because we've gone a little longer than I than I had planned, but I'm so grateful to, to be here. On a lighter note, how do I deal with professors who grade based on their own biases or professors who fail you purposely only because they don't like you specifically? Well, I'd be really careful to approach a professor with that mindset because yes, there are some professors who might play favorites. But I think if you're walking into a classroom thinking someone's going to do this, then you're almost looking for it, right? Like you're almost on the attack. And I, I think for approaching professors from a place of kindness, of a place of trying to understand and curiosity and communicating with them. And when you struggle the first time, get help. Don't wait, get to know them. And if they're horrible people, you could talk to other people in the department to find that support. So you'll build a relationship if you're curious and kind and interested, then you'll see what happens. But I would be careful to um, I'd be careful to to judge a professor um, and to say they're they're going to grade you because because of their biases. If they have these, there are other department people in the department you can talk to. Oh, I cannot believe I went this far without mentioning. If you're an LGBTQ mm -hmm. student, um, I am such a advocate when it comes to transgender students. When it comes to um, gay, lesbian, uh, queer questioning. I'm a, this is a, a safe place. If you are a student who is going through any of these changes, challenges, uh, finding your LGBTQ community, finding your resources, finding your allies, making sure you're safe and supported is huge. Uh, I'm in your corner 110%, and my community is, is a safe place. So if you ever need anything, let me know, because I will help you. I'll support you. I'll guide you. Uh, my college is a Catholic Jesuit, so fraternities are banned because the Greek life goes against values. What are alternatives in college you have for achieving the same networking capabilities that frats and sororities do? I know like at Notre Dame, 
they have their different buildings and they have their different clubs. Like there's ways that people work around it with social clubs. So even though it's a Jesuit school and there aren't fraternities, I would look and see some of those clubs, organizations, because there are many that act in a similar way without it being a Greek affiliation or a fraternity or sorority. Uh, I'm graduating high school, class 2024. When do I need to start looking at tuition costs, picking housing for possible college, all the websites so far, I don't have any fall 2024 semester options. Yeah, um, I would talk to your college counselor. Um, I'd also reach out to the admissions department at some of the schools, get familiar with some of the admissions counselors. You can find them at like college fairs. You can find their emails. You can find their information and you can start to communicate with them and ask them some of those questions. I know because of, of the um, FAFSA changing, um, the financial aid documentation that those portals are going to be opening up pretty late. So this year's application, um, it's going to be a little bit different than usual. So I would just follow the individuals who are the decision makers on social media. I know UVA, uh, the Dean of Admissions or one of the deans has a TikTok and is on social. So just follow them and ask them and you will be uh, and you'll be in good shape. Okay. All right. You got it. Thanks so much for at, for Thanks so much to everyone for asking questions. I didn't think, I think Harlan for answering them. Well, so many of you are so wonderful. You're dealing with, so many of you are in different time zones. It might be the morning, it might be a night. I don't know where it is. Hey, if you enjoyed this, please investigate my college coaching program. I'm pushing that really hard because it's the first year that I'm doing this and I'm committed to every week. Every week I will be here. Every week we're going to have really lively conversations. I hope we get a lot of people who participate because I think it's going to be a great resource. It's for students. It's for parents. You can scan that QR code. I'm excited to get started on August 15th. If any of you have more questions, let me know. If any of you are interested in anything I've mentioned, let me know. This has been so much fun. Thank you for being here. I hope this has been valuable. And I'm just excited for you and for what's in your future. So again, thank you everybody for being here. Thank you for your support. And I look forward to continuing our conversation. Thanks everybody.